Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. How are we all this morning? We're doing well? Doing well considering all the the rain and uh, the weather? Well, it's good to see you all. As, as Benny just mentioned, my name's uh, Nat. I'm one of the, the pastors here at uh, Celebration Church, and it's so great to, to see you all today. Just want to, um, as Benny mentioned as well, just welcome our, our visitors here this morning. We pray that you'd, that you'd feel blessed, that you'd sit back, relax, and enjoy uh, this morning's service. Um, yeah, yeah, it's such a, as Pastor Charlie was up here before leading us in that moment, I just encourage you throughout this morning, throughout the rest of this morning, just to while we're sitting there, to hold that atmosphere, to hold what God is doing. We're going to go through the Word, and we're going to cut another kind of announcement that we just want to uh, share in a moment. But I just encourage you throughout this morning uh, just to hold the atmosphere this morning. And before I forget, I just want to welcome our online uh, uh church family or uh, visitors who are online with us this morning. We uh, pray that you are blessed at home uh, also this morning. So before we, we get into the Word, we're going we're gonna to watch a video in the moment, and we're just going to go down a little bit of a different track in this moment. Uh, as some of you may or may not be aware, uh, in a, in, uh, across uh, Australia this week uh, is um, being celebrated NAIDOC Week. And, uh, and NAIDOC Week is a time, uh, it's, a, it's a celebration of the of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and celebrating the achievements of Ab- Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And if you didn't know, myself, I am an Aboriginal man. So often you probably don't think that I just, you know, it's just, it's not. But also, I, my, so my uh, heritage is from this, where we are now on the South Coast. So my family grew up in what we now know as the Rec Bay community. But we also um, have people that right across the South Coast, right across the East Coast of New South Wales. And as I said before, this week is NAIDOC week. And and I said before, to celebrate the history, cultures and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people around the nation. It's held every year in July. uh, And it's an important uh, annual event where everyone's invited to join in the celebrations. Now, we as a church of um, this is probably our first time really talking about NAIDOC Week in the life of our church. So I'm excited that we get to, uh, to talk about that. But why don't we just look to the screen in this moment. For the next couple of minutes, we're just going to watch a video. This is from our, um, our ACC state um, uh, in New South Wales. So our state, uh, what we call our denomination, we're from the Australian Christian Churches. And this is a video um, that they've put together for all the Australian Christian churches across New South Wales. So why don't we just look to the, the screen for these next couple of minutes. So if you, if you uh, didn't know anything around our local area, um, it is what uh, many people know. Um, and I'll tell, tell you this because um, even with... The, uh, if you didn't know, there are actually many Aboriginal nations or what they call uh, nations across Australia. There's hundreds hundreds and they all spoke different languages and where we are situated is what what people commonly know as the UN nation and but also what my family and and I talked to to some of my family the tribe that that I myself is from is called the Wadi Wadi tribe so just a little bit of a little bit of you know information for you to know just to share about 
our culture. But as you saw on the screen there, that, that, uh, that couple are an Aboriginal uh, pastors that, who pastor an Aboriginal church up on the Tweed Heads coast, so north, uh, northern New South Wales. And they, they have a, a church which is called Gangala Church, which is uh, a church um, not, not just full of Aboriginal people, but full of um, people there, but they also have a big focus on celebrating Aboriginal people. And in the ACC... Um, the New South Wales Australian Christian Churches has a, an initiative called the Indigenous Initiative, which is committed to building and strengthening our church and community by partnering um, with and connecting with our Indigenous communities. And I just just a little bit of a story before we get into the, the word and that as well, is that, I'll tell you what, because of the gospel of Christ, because of the gospel of Christ, I wouldn't be here today. Without the gospel of Christ, I wouldn't be here today. And people that shared the gospel with my family, that went into to my family's community and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a recipient of that. And I get to be here today. And I've grown, as, you, as many, of you, many of you know my story, I've grown up in this church. I turn a milestone year next year, early January. Uh, not fifty. Not fifty. Not fifty. Let's uh, let's uh, let's bring that. A, I I put myself there every time, don't I? Every time I put myself there, it's like, yeah, you just call out. Um, but I'm privileged to be a part of that, and and even just a little bit of a story. So, so Pastor Alex, her dad, would go on to, and a couple of friends would go and pick up some people from the Rec Bay community and take them to a youth group back in the day, and they and one of those uh, kids that they'll pick up and take in their car to the youth group on Friday night was my mum. So a, l- a little bit of a, a story there. So there is always a connection. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> Pastor Alex, you're welcome. Um, but I, I say this, we have, you know, in our community a lot of Aboriginal people, and I suppose we don't really talk about it, and I don't want to, and I'm not going to bring any kind of, I don't want to make it, political or anything like that because my heart is that we would all represent Jesus well but that we would all be able to go and share the gospel to all peoples to all nations and we have many Aboriginal people in our community who need Jesus who need the love of Jesus Christ and so if you're someone here that is interested in in being able to, to, to minister into the Aboriginal community, feel free to come and, and, and speak to myself or even to learn about our, our community. Feel free to come and speak to myself. If Wayne's not here, but, um, but everyone knows Wayne Adler. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you didn't know also, he's actually, well, he's my second cousin. So his dad and my mum's dad were brothers. So there you go. So there's uh, just a little bit of information for you there to, to take away and to, and to learn. But I tell you this, the Aboriginal community right across Australia, one of the key fundamental and foundations is about connection and about community. And there are so many similarities in, in the life of the church and in uh, our Indigenous communities 
that deep connection and that, that, that community uh, feel. And that's what we as a church are called to be, a church that, that is a, as a community, that's a family for people to come and find Jesus but to also to have a deep connection with one another because no one likes shallow relationships. They, they suck. <laughs> it's, not, it's not very, uh, I don't know, very eloquent, but we all, all people want to have deep and meaningful relationships. Amen? So we're going to continue on, on this morning. And... Last Sunday, we're going to continue on with a, with a uh, series on family. And last Sunday, Pastor Benaiah, you know, continued the series on, on the importance of sharing stories. And I'll tell you what, it was such an amazing uh, service, yeah? We heard, you know, so many, um, so much feedback on how people enjoyed that moment, especially at the end, that moment where we broke up into groups and people were able to share their testimony of how they found Jesus. I know that in, in, in the group that I was in, I was so blessed. Which reminds me, Kathy, we're, we're waiting for part two of your message. Kathy shared part one of them, uh, her testimony of her, and then part, part one of how she met Alan. So we're, the other guys are still waiting for part two on that trip down to Melbourne. So, <laughs> so you've got a group of people waiting for you. They're waiting on the edge of their seat. But I love that we're about to, you know, last week, learning about sharing our stories and the importance of sharing our stories. And I just want to encourage us this morning, because over this last, the last few weeks, we've been learning about family. So when you think about it today, don't, don't just think about, you know, don't take it for granted. Let's not take it for granted. Let's not just go, oh, yeah, it's another, it's another sermon. But... Think about it this way. How can I or how can we listen and learn and apply it, not just to our family in a ch- in church family, but how can I also take this into my home, into my family at home? Because it's so important. When I look at family and the, the family unit, from the beginning of time, God made family. He made Adam and Eve, and then they had kids. But we also see from the beginning, Satan at work trying to destroy, trying to destroy family. So when I think about that, family is so important to God. It's so important. And it's so important that we fight for family. You know, this week, Pastor Bernard and myself were just talking about it, that, 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 we, that we learn to be a family that would fight for one another, not against. In a, in a society, in a world now where it's just, it just seems like no matter what you say, someone's going to get angry and you're going to upset someone. But how can we learn to fight for one another? To acknowledge, yes, we have differences. And we might believe different things. But how can we learn from one another? How can we, how can we continue to, to love one another? And just examples of that in the beginning, in Genesis 2 verse 18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a suit, help us suitable for him. Genesis 2 24, 
this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. So this series on family is important as it reminds us of who we are and how we can be the family of God. Because I also believe that the church is called to be uh, a representation of what it is to have and be a healthy family. And this morning we're going to focus our attention on the next few minutes around we are a family that values others. That values others. As I said before, we, we heard testimonies the stories of people with different pasts, different backgrounds, different upbringings of what Jesus had done in their lives. And when you hear that, how powerful that is. How the Spirit of God is in that moment and you, can, you hold that moment and you can hear what God has done and it encourages you and it reminds you of what God has not only done in your life but how He's worked in each and every one of our lives and how He conti- wants to continue to work in the lives of our people who... Do not yet know Jesus. So this morning we're going to learn about what it means to value one another. Valuing our differences and celebrating one another. And if we look to the screen for our key scripture this morning in Philippians, if you've got your Bible, turn to Philippians 2 verse 3 and 4. If you're not too sure where that is, it's in the New Testament. After Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, then Philippians. There you go. Just uh, a little little New Testament flex right there. Um. <laughs> so if you got it, if you got it, feel free to say, got it. Got it. Wow, because you're looking at the screen. Cheaters. Okay, Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I'll read that again. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And this is clear in my life. I have three beautiful girls that they value time. They value when I spend time with them. So I can I can come home and and, and, you know and and be there, but more often than not, they want me to sit down with them all on their own at the same time which is kind of very difficult. And as parents, we know how difficult, and you know, in our house, it's uh, Karen and myself, uh, we, we uh, well, we don't laugh at it. It's kind of <laughs> a bit frustrating at times. Our youngest, Winter, all she does is go, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Daddy, while we're trying to do something else. Parents, who knows what that's like? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, fun time. It's cute, but not at the same time. It's like, uh, yeah, we know. Everyone knows what that what that's like. But they value it. And each of them value something different. So for my girls, it could be reading a book with them. It could be playing games. It could be going to the park. It could be doing art or whatever that is. But they value time. And I value that time with them as well. Even, even in the, 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 the business or midst of doing things that are that are time sensitive or whatever I always try to just make a moment 
where I can be present so I'm not just always going, no, come back later, come back later, come back later. So valuing them. And what does it mean? Oh, wait, I'll go back here. It's not about spending time doing what I want. Valuing someone else is not about spending time doing what I want necessarily. It's about spending time with them in their interests in that time, in that moment. So what does it mean to value others? If we look at this quote on the screen by Bill Johnson, it says, there's something about valuing people, not because they value you, but because you can see God in them. I love that quote. Such a, such a different way of thinking it, about it. There's something about valuing people, not because they value you, but because you can see God in them. And how, how clear is that? When we're valuing someone, it's not about what we get in return. It's not about what we receive in that moment. And I love that thought, seeing God inside of each and every individual. Did you know, it says in Genesis, that we are all created in God's image. So if you look around and you'll notice that we all look different, which is good. Because if we looked around and we all looked exactly the same, it's kind of like a sci-fi moment of where it's just all of a sudden turned creepy. And it, yeah, so and then you'd probably be uh, happy that, you know, for those who are married, that you're not married someone that looks exactly like yourself. That'd be weird. But that we are all look different and God so when we're all creating God's image that means God has placed something inside of you there is something of his heart inside of you so if you're someone here you go you know what I'm not important I don't I don't you know I don't feel like uh, you know I'm, I'm someone that that is lovable guess what God loves you God created you and he created you to be exactly who you are and how you look and walking through this life's learning how to become thankful and comfortable in who God has created you to be. What does it mean to value others? It means being present in the moment. And in a moment we're going to learn about how we can how we can uh, value others. But it means being present in the moment. Being present in the moment when you're sitting with someone. Being present in that moment. Just like when God, when you spend time with God, God values when you are present with Him in that moment. I mean, He'll always love you. But it's all about learning when you spend time in His presence about just being you and Him, not constantly thinking about something else. We can all do that. Who, who does that? Yeah, often. Yeah, I know I do. And it's learning about putting all those thoughts aside and just being present with God in the moment. And it's the same when we sit down with others. And as I said before, when we're talking about this fam- uh, series on family, it's about it's equipping us as a church on how we can, t- can continue to be the family of God, how we can be the family of God to our community, to those that do not yet know Jesus, to those who are already inside of our church family, those of you here, how can we continue to be the family of God? And we've got to learn to be present in the moment when we're sitting down with someone. Who's been in situations, I know, that where I've talked to someone and you're talking to them, you're looking at them, and either they start getting their phone out or they're looking, they're looking at the next thing that they've got to do. Or at the, and in that moment, 
you probably don't feel really valued or cared for in that moment. You're kind of like, well, I probably should just stop this conversation pretty quickly. But how much more is it when someone takes that moment to stand with you and you know they've got all these things to, to, to go to, but they take that time and be present with you in that moment. I also believe that valuing others means in that moment putting aside our agenda or what we want. Often we think when we're sitting with people, it's, um, I know uh, wives can probably think about this with husbands and that as well. Often as husbands, it's easy to think about when, when our wives talk to us, it's like, well, that's easy. I've got the solution. Here's, do this, this, and this, and then that issue that you have will be no more. And wives, I know you appreciate that. You love when, when we do that. No, not really. What you want is for us to be present and to just listen. You don't want... <laughs> Jono, um, you can come see me later. Uh, <laughs> you want us to be present in that moment. And when we sit down with one another, and there might be things that we are all going through, that we are all going through, you don't want the three steps to overcome whatever it is that, you, that you're going through in that moment. You just want someone to listen with you and then maybe pray with you at the end. We try and always find a solution to all these things. And we can do it as Christians when, when people come in, whether it's people in our connect or, or people that, uh, that have come into church for the first time and they don't know Jesus and, and they've got things that are going on in their life and they're just searching. And it's easy to think about, well, that's easy if you do this, 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 this. How about let God do what he does and you just be a vessel in which he can move through? He may ask you in that moment to go, hey, I want you to pray for them. Or I want you to take them through the salvation message. And so often that you see, and we'll, we'll look at this in, in the moment, but so often in, in the New Testament, when you look at the Pharisees, they're always about, you do this, 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 and this. And all Jesus did was walk into a situation, was just present and would be there and would love and value that individual. So in John chapter 8, verse 3 to 11, and it'll be on the screen here, it says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down, started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, who are they? Where are they, sorry? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Wow. It's such a powerful passage when you look at that. When you look at that in the, in the context of what we're looking at today, what did the Pharisees do? They bored this woman in, in front of the crowd, and devalued her. Was she living in sin? Yes. Was she doing the wrong thing? Yes. 
But that doesn't make it right, the, what the Pharisees did to bring her in and to devalue her in that moment. In this moment, at the end, Jesus valued this woman. He wasn't approving of her life's decisions because at the end he said, go now and leave your life of sin. How can we learn knowing that when someone walks in and they talk about their story or what they're doing, it's so easy to go, well, then if, you, if you're doing that, then you're in sin and you, you must immediately stop this. You must admit, you, how can you? And we start to con- try to condemn or judge that individual. That's not our job. God does that. You think about it, how the times where you know you're doing things wrong and then you'll be spending time with God and he's like, hey, maybe don't do that anymore. Well, he probably says it a bit harder than that, harsher than that. Don't do that anymore. Stop doing that. Stop thinking that way. Stop speaking like that. Stop living. I, I don't want you to do that anymore. And in that moment, you go, yeah. I hear what you say, God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change what I'm, gonna, what I'm doing. But so often we, it's easy for us to think or to say, you must change this, you must stop doing that. If you think about it, we are all, by the grace of God, have been saved. And last week we heard the testimonies in your groups. You heard the testimonies of what God had done. And I can guarantee that some people probably shared, but some people probably... Um, some people probably overshared, but a lot of people probably undershared because you, you don't necessarily want to tell all the details of every sin and thing that you've done wrong. I mean, some of you may feel comfortable with doing that, but I can guarantee probably all of us kept it pretty, you know, and you probably had other people around, so you're keeping it pretty family-rated. So you're going, you know what? But by the grace of God, by the gra- I think about some decisions I've made in my past. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would not be here. And it's not our job to convict or to condemn or to judge. God does that. And in His timing, His timing. So how can we be like Jesus? How can we value others at every opportunity? And just like Paul wrote in Philippians to value others above ourselves. So number one, have humility. Have humility. Humility is the quality of having a modest or low view of one's importance. You know what? You may be, you may have a title that is important, but in that moment, it doesn't make me any more important there and then. So if I'm speaking to someone, yes, I may have a title at church that says Pastor Nat, but just because it says Pastor Nat does not make me more important than anyone else. It means I have a position that I have responsibility, but it does not make me any more important. So we must have humility. We must put on humility. We must remind ourselves to remain humble, to consider others more important than ourselves, just like it said in Philippians. And in Proverbs 11, verse 2, it says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So if you need wisdom when you're sitting down with, with, with someone, 
and they're a new Christian or they have not yet given their heart to Jesus or you're sitting down with another a family member at home or you're sitting down with, with, with someone here in church, if you want to have the right thing to, to say, then put on humility because with humility comes wisdom. It's not about our own earthly wisdom. It's about the, having the wisdom of God. How Some of you can probably, you know, think about the times where you're like, I have no idea what to say right now, but I'm just going to love that person. I don't have to have the answer. Then all of a sudden something pops into your spirit. You say, hey, well, what about this? And then something breaks off in that moment. Now, it may not happen every single time, but I can, I can imagine that there's some of us here that have had moments where in a situation where you're like, I have no idea what to do or say right now. This is such a this is such a, a, a moment that I'm not too comfortable. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And often we can um, say things because we just want to fill the space. And then it just ends up being more awkward anyway. So put on humility. Number two, give time. Give time for one another. When you come to church, if you're someone here and you want connection or, and this is your church home, I encourage you, come early. Leave late. Allow time to, to get to know other people. But also for all those here that do stay around longer or come early, give time for one another. Go and learn, you know, go and speak to someone that you haven't spoken to before. Hear their story. Get to know them. Give them time. I love it that in Matthew 8, verse 1 to 4, talking about Jesus here, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And there's many, and you read the, the, the Gospels, there's many, many stories or many examples of Jesus doing this. That in the midst of his business, how often are we on the way to doing something and then someone was like, can you do this? And you're like, well, no, I'm just too busy, just too busy, just too busy. But how often are we missing I wonder if in those moments are we missing that moment? Is there a God moment there? Create time. Give people time. Don't just be in a rush doing things. Even when I when I'm here and, and serving every Sunday, that you know, and I, and I'm doing things. It's easy to go from here to there to to get things sorted out, and then and then forget to get around people to get to make time to spend with people. So I need to be intentional in making time, just like in our homes with our families at home. Give time for one another, even in the midst of busyness. In the midst of going from, you know, there's, um, I know that all families are in different stages, but I can only speak to the stage that we're in at the moment of three, three young girls, and um, I, I can't imagine what it would be like having to have, you know, older kids and going to sporting events here, there, and everywhere, and co coordinating it, and it just becomes very busy. But it's important to give time for one another. So how can we value one another? We can give time. Number three, listen to one another. James 1 verse 19, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to become angry, quick to listen, slow to speak. Not slow to listen and quick to speak. Now, Karen would um, probably agree with me that I often am very quick to speak and very slow to listen. Now, this is not a, this is not a, a word about husbands and wives and, 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 and re- resolving how we communicate to one another, but I'm sure husbands and wives right now are going, mm-hmm, 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 yep, yep, looking, yes. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. When you're spending time with one another, be quick to listen. That's why I love that last week, spending time hearing testimonies. We're able to listen to one another. Be able to listen. And people feel valued when they feel like they're being heard. We feel valued when we feel like we're being heard. Give time for one another. Value one another by being a good listener. You, know, you look at that, even in that scripture before, Jesus, in the midst of his going from A to B, this man with leprosy stops him and says, I need to be healed. What did Jesus do? He listened. He didn't say, you know, like, Lord, if you're willing, can you make me clean? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I'm... I'm and, and then talk about something else and absolutely just ignore what was being said. Be, let's be a people that are good at listening. Amen. Number four, be non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. And it's easy as Christians to become like Pharisees and to forget the grace of God on our lives and to forget what God done inside of us. But Matthew 7 verse 1, it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. James 4, 12, There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Who are you to judge your neighbor? And it's so easy to do that. Once again, we miss out on these opportunities to be the light in the darkness, to share the love of Christ to our neighbours or to, to whoever it may be in our family. Uh, better hurry up because we're getting towards the end of time here. Number five, love your neighbour. Love your neighbour. Matthew 22, verse 37 says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. How do we value one another? By loving, truly loving one another. Not a superficial love. Not something that is shallow. But a love that has a connection between one another. Love one another. Number six, give freely. Matthew 10 verse 7 and 8 As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. I love this part. Freely you have received, freely give. When you're spending time with one another, be someone who freely gives. Because God has given us so much. He's given us so much. 
And it's not something that is that we're is called to or that we're called to hold to ourselves. What God has given us is something that is meant to go and free be freely given to others. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at that time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have... I give you, but what I have, I give you. Without condition, there was no condition with it, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So it's okay if you don't have, you know, you might be someone to think, but I, I, I don't know how to do that. Or I don't have that ability or skill to be able to, to, to do that for people. It's okay. Just give what you have. As I said earlier, God has created us all in His image. Therefore, we're all going to have different things or do things differently. And it'd be so boring if we all gave things the exact same way. So predictable. It'd be so boring. But what I love and what is so powerful is that if we can tap into who God has called us to be when we give, It comes from a place that is unique and special that only you can give. Don't hold back. Don't keep to yourself freely give. But what you do have, give. Number seven, how can we value others? By being patient. Being patient. Ephesians 4 verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient. Galatians 5, 22, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Patience. It's so easy to be impatient. Be patient with one another. We don't know what God is doing inside of the person next to us. And I've got to be reminded of this so much, not just in my, my, with my family at home, with my, with my kids, and, but also with, in church life, leading teams and, 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 and pastorally caring for others. Be patient. Be patient with one another. We don't know what God is doing inside of the, the heart of someone next to you. And I can tell you this, that I've, I've, I've talked to a few people or seen over the last couple of years, there's a few people that I know that have been going through massive healing by being inside of our church. We could be impatient and go, I want you to do this, do this, and do this. You should be doing more. No. What God is doing inside their hearts is so much more powerful than what we can try and make people do or, or try and see them be. It's okay if you see the God potential in one another, but be patient with one another. Be patient with one another. I tell you what, if you think about it, how many times has God been patient with you? Uh, probably, uh, uh, probably doesn't stop, does it? He's just because God is love and love is patient. 
So God is always being patient with us, and we can probably all have that moment to think of ourselves, mm, yeah, yeah, God is very patient uh, with me. Probably easy to say, yeah, yeah, I know God is very patient with the person next to us also, but he's very patient with us. Number eight, pray. Pray. How can we value? Pray for others. Pray for others. In, in Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 19, I'll just get kids back up on the keys. Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 19. For this reason, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of, out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. How beautiful is that prayer? That's Paul. That's the Apostle Paul praying for the, 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 the Ephesian church. And if you read a lot of uh, his scriptures or his passages, his books, there are a lot of prayers that he has for those different churches. He prayed. One of the ways that he could value, because he couldn't physically be at all those places. And we can't always physically be with other people or, or someone that we want to be able to uh, you know, put time in or to, to connect with. But what we can do is pray. And in this moment, I thought it'd be good as we, as we finish off, is just spend time in prayer. And God might, might have placed someone in your heart this morning, or if not, that's, that's okay in this moment. Just allow your hearts to be open. And I encourage you with those, and uh, I won't worry about that last slide there, Troy. But what we've learned today, you know, we can take that out in our week and how we can continue to value one another. But to pray. Prayer is so powerful. It says in the Bible, the prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. And I can tell you this, that I probably part of the reason why I am here, where I am today, is because of people who prayed for me, for prayer warriors, which is a good plug for our prayer uh, meeting, which occurs once, once a month out here. On the, the first Monday of the month, isn't it? Is that right? Kathy, the prayer? Yeah, the first Monday of every month. And what they do is they pray for you and I. Powerful prayers. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. How can we continue to value one another by praying for one another? So why don't we just close our eyes where we are? And I might just get Ryan just to come up and sing. Because I know that sometimes it's a little bit harder to pray out loud when it's very quiet because someone's like waiting for someone else to pray. 
So that's okay. We'll make it easy for you this morning. We'll we'll get we'll get Ryan to come up and to sing. And while he's leading worship, if you feel led to to be praying for someone, pray in that moment, or feel free to sing along as well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this moment. Lord, we thank you that we're a part of your family. We're a part of the family of God. And this morning as we learn, Lord God, may we be a people that would learn to place others above ourselves, to really value one another. Just as like what we've been learning over these last few weeks about what it is to be a family and what we can do to be the family of God and to also create strong families in our homes. May we be your family, Lord God. Come and have your way. And Lord, in this moment, Lord, we just lift up those who you've placed in our hearts. Lord, as we go out this week, Lord, may we learn to value others, the way that you value us, the way that you love us, the way that you care for us, the way that you're patient with us, the way that you're kind to us. invite you just to stand where you are why don't we just sing this together Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're next to, uh, we're going to take this moment just to, to pray. If you're uh, near your husband or wife, why don't you take their hand where you are. And we're just going to pray for you as you go out into this week. As you go out and continue to be the body of Christ into our community. So dear Jesus, we just thank you for today. Lord, I pray that as a church family, Lord, we will take that which we learn, that which you place in our hearts. And Lord, that we would go out into our communities, into our families, Lord God, and that we would continue to value others. Lord, that we continue to, to, to share the gospel, that we continue to, to show the love of Christ into our community, Lord God. Lord, that, Lord, that we would see our church, uh, see new people coming, that would see our church filled with new Christians, Lord God, filled with people coming to know the love and power of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I pray that you would equip, that you'd empower us as a church as we go out into our community and to be the light in the darkness in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, guys, you go and have an awesome week. Stay safe, stay dry. Uh, we love you and we'll see you guys next week. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.